and welcome back to English and Maths Booth. My name's Holly Barnes and today I am joined by the wonderful Karen Gowlett. Hi Holly. Hi Karen. introduction. How are you? I'm fine thank you, how are you? I'm good thank you. Um, So Karen do you just want to introduce yourself and, and tell us a bit about what you do and where you're based? Okay so I'm in Essex and I'm in adult learning, adult community learning and have been for quite a long time. Um, over 20 years so I started off teaching dance and cake decoration wow. and then moved into um, being a, an assistant in supported learning classes when I moved to a different area um, then I, I really was interested in what the ESOL teachers did it looked really really fascinating so I volunteered in an ESOL class loved that and then took my teaching qualifications so um, went to Anglia Ruskin University and specialized in uh, ESOL um, and from then was teaching ESOL, functional, lit- functional English or literacy as it was then, and GCSE English and supported learning at one point. So I was in four curriculum areas at one point. But now I'm a teaching and learning mentor. So I work with um, teachers from all over our county, one to one and in small groups, supporting them in any way that they need. And I still teach GCSE English. Um, that's still my love as is ESOL but I decided to 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 keep with the GCSE for now. Wow you're a woman of many talents Karen I I didn't realize you've done so much that's insane. Well I think for a lot of uh, teachers who come into adult ed you come in in strange ways you come in via your specialism and then maybe you find different things that you enjoy or that you're good at once you're there so it's probably quite a lot of people who do similar sort of things. Yeah that's that's the beauty of um a further education isn't it I mean I can't speak for other sectors because I've only worked in um, EFL myself and, and FE mm. but the the beauty of, of FE is you know there's a lot of freedom to move around and the training and yeah. um, you know you can go into different areas and, and see what's happening which yes. is great yeah and you always know you always know if um, you know like you need a plumber or someone to look at your car there's always yes. someone available as well that's always really handy isn't it <laughs> true <laughs> so um have you been teaching online recently then? Yeah, so when we went into lockdown this time last year, we went straight online with no idea, like everybody, of how to do it and very, very basic tools in our, uh, mm. our on our VLE and big blue button, then moved into Teams. Um, so I was teaching ESOL online and GCSE, although at that point we knew GCSE students weren't, weren't going to have an exam. So they weren't lessons as such. There were more get-togethers where we did a bit of poetry. We did a, we, we did everything. It was quite it was quite freeing. Um, mm. But with ESOL, we still had to work towards exams. We we thought at that point, so um, that was probably the more challenging one. We'd begin at ESOL learners getting yeah. getting them online. But um, yeah, we did it, and it, uh, we've stayed online all year. In, as an adult college with very small small centres, small rooms. Um, we felt that it was going to be difficult to go back into centres because our rooms just weren't big enough to socially distance and our, mm-hmm. you know, our learners are all ages. And so we decided for the majority, we've stayed on Teams or on our big blue button and only um, beginner levels of ESOL, English and Maths and supported learning have been in centres. Wow. And how, how have your um, your learners been finding that? Because we're, we're nearing towards the end of term now, aren't we? And yeah. and we've seen since last academic year, there's been another academic year joined online. So um, yeah. how's that been for you? Have you got something that you will maybe take away from the online learning experience that you're going to use 
maybe in elements of online learning or in the face-to-face classroom? I think it's changed over the year drastically so and not just for me so from maybe six eight months ago me and quite a few other English teachers were lamenting the lack of discussion the the pace the 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 digital problems they're still there to an extent but we've managed to maybe overcome some of them or just get used to how things are but quite a lot of us are saying that we want to keep an online element into our classes um, come September and we are planning for blended learning Um, for me it's been attendance I mean I've only been teaching one main class and I've dropped into a a fast track GCSE that we started in January I do odd classes on there but my evening class I'm getting 100% attendance and that just didn't happen in the center you know if I had a week with 100% attendance I was elated because childcare. Um, yeah jobs shifts change um and people Life, are just isn't it? able to yeah to attend um i was in in, in a center last week doing a, um uh, some of my students were doing mock exams although they're not mock exams but you know they're, they're going to be assessed but they were there in the center and the invigilator said to one of my students um oh what's it like working online it's not the same is it and she said i love it she said i wouldn't be here she said i haven't got a car you know, I live in a little coastal town. She said I would have to get the bus into college and there isn't a bus mm-hmm. back. I would have to rely on lifts. She said, whereas now I can finish work and I can just open my computer. So she yeah. has some computer issues and it's a pain for her. But we, we fight through it. But she wouldn't be there. <laughs> it's it's incredible, isn't it, actually, how um, much online learning has opened doors for many people. And, and I, I agree that in the adult community, it's been a huge, yeah, a huge yeah. success because life does get in the way, doesn't it? You know, like you were saying, getting buses. Yeah. Sometimes people have to get two buses, rushing home from work, finishing at five o'clock. Yeah. Um, and of course we have, we have day classes, don't we, at, at colleges? But they, again, they don't fit with everybody's kind of, or this life cycle of working nine to five. No. So no. being able to go home and still be at home and look, maybe look after your children or, you know, if you're working late and still be able to access education at a time that that's more suitable for you without having to be in a building is, yeah. is brilliant. Um, yeah. And it reaches, reaches out to the wider community, doesn't it? It's, it, it's what makes us inclusive. I think it reaches out to people who maybe wouldn't have got there. But then the other side of that is other people who left. So along the way, I've had students mm-hmm. leave because their devices were not holding up. Um, mm. they were homeschooling children and they just were exhausted at the end of the day and couldn't get any of their own work done so if I'm looking at I'm getting my 100% attendance which I wouldn't have done but equally I've lost people along the way yeah. um, online learning wasn't wasn't working for them so they need to be thought of as well we need to remember and where I work is is um not a very rich area and there are people who I know uh, would have come into college to join and they just wouldn't even accessed our website. So our numbers were much lower to start with. So yeah. we've got to go and offer face-to-face learning for lots of people. But, you know, great that we can keep them online and keep the assignments online, keep them um, yeah. engaged if there's a snow day or if someone's ill. Because, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're not going to want to come into college with a cold. They won't want me to come into college with a cold. Everyone will be very wary of that. Yeah. So we need an online element so they know where everything is online. So I'm hoping that we can, in the first few weeks of the September term, be able to um, coach learners in how to use, um, to find things online, to find their assignments, to find their work, 
to find the live lessons so that we can adapt if we need to, if we have to go into further lockdowns or if we, for any reason, we, we can't run the lesson. So that's what I think for the future. Yeah, and you, it's so true, you're right, Karen, there's never going to be, oh, I can't, I can't come in today, the, the bus was stuck in snow or oh, I can't mm. get in today, the train's been cancelled, you know, especially for our, our younger learners, it's very much going to be like, well, just pop on, pop on your phone and yeah. join the lesson there's still this you know big big heavy cloud of digital poverty lying around isn't there you know yeah. it, it's it's no longer a luxury to have internet and have a an, a device it's now a necessity to move yeah. forward yeah. Um, in the current climate especially so that that we've still got to address that and you're right with what you're saying um about losing learners to not having that that space and yeah. and we have to remember as well like you're saying the classroom is a safe space for some adult learners, much like our younger learners. It's a safe space. It's a getaway. Definitely. It's a place to focus on their their own personal growth, isn't yes. it, as well? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, over the years, I've been astounded by people who have such massively busy lives. I remember I had a, a lady who was a, a foster carer to so many children, and um, someone was moaning in the class about how busy their life was and the, the homework they had to do, and she said, this is my time. She said, this is the thing I do for me. I don't mind the homework at all. And so many people see it as that. They're, they're finally focusing on, on what they want to do, and especially with English where you can have brilliant discussions and you can yeah. talk about things that you don't get to talk about at home necessarily because of what you're reading in class. So, yeah, it's a, it's a special time for a lot of people. Definitely. So what would you say has um, been your most successful resource online, maybe a digital tool that, that's worked well? Um, I think if a digital tool, I would say any form of screen recording. So mm. using um, Flipgrid, Flipgrid Shorts has been really good, maximum 10 minutes to explain a concept, to show people around the team, because in my in yeah. Microsoft Teams, it's great, but it can be well confusing if you don't know where things are. So I've made videos <laughs> for that. Could you elaborate on what Flipgrid is, Karen, for maybe people who are listening that have never accessed it before? Yeah, so it's uh, it's a standalone app, but it is part also part of the Microsoft suite. And um, so I think if you've got the Microsoft, it's free. It's free to an educator, I think. Um, yeah. And you can make 10-minute maximum videos where it could be just videoing your face, um, and they're very straightforward, you know, click here to record, or you could screen record, so you can flip the screen and show a document on the screen and talk over it there are a few filters where you could change backgrounds put a smiley over your face if you don't want to be seen um <laughs> but quite basic ones so it's not too hard to use and and it, um, at the end it generates closed captions so it's accessible um and then you copy a link and you copy and paste that link into a document into an email into anywhere and to whoever you paste it to um, send it to can access that video can hear and see you and they don't have to sign in, which is always a good thing because I'm finding mm. that's, that's always the problem. <clears throat> so you've used that a lot and also quicker, which is QWIQR, quicker for education, um, set up by a physics teacher a few years ago. And you can either use QR code, um, produce a link where it's a voice recording. So it's a really quick way. Again, whoever you send this link to doesn't have to log in anywhere. You record your voice. It generates a link. You copy and paste that link. They can hear your voice. So it's great for explanations, great for a bit of feedback. 
um, just quicker than maybe posting a big long um, piece of feedback on an exam paper. Mm -hmm. They read the exam paper and they listen to your voice at the same time. So anything that enables not just typing, not just written feedback mm. is, has been really good. Quicker was really good. Um, I attended a talk that you ran with, with Bob Reed actually about Quicker, mm. one of the PDG groups. Um, and I've used it a few times and it, it's really good, like you say, to, to take away from that, that typed written feedback that they're having to read all of the time mm. because we know learners um, typically don't read feedback. No. They, they want to immediately look for the grade or they yeah. immediately want to look for the number and figure it out. Um, or they look at the, the positives and not necessarily the, the action points of where to go from it. And I think the, the best thing about the recording element of it as well is that it, it kind of makes it more personal and it brings the element of the, the classroom together a bit more, yeah. doesn't it? You know, you're not just sending and receiving emails that we're in as a, an admin task. It's, yeah. a, you know, you're listening to your teacher actually talking through your work or reading through your work as you go along, which is also really handy to do, you know, kind of processing it through a recording. Yeah. Um, for yourself to think about how you can reflect on yeah, it. No, yeah, I really like that. In the classroom as well, when you, gen you can record your voice into a QR code, loved that in the ESOL classroom because you could have maybe a, a page full of um, photos of animals or something, thinking something we did, they love the animals. And um, I would just read out the names of all the animals, sometimes with sounds, sometimes with like moos and meows and things, and record <laughs> that onto a QR code. That was their homework to listen to me and learn all the names of the animals so that next week when we're talking about animals, they had the pronunciation um, and the names of them. And they could listen to that time and time again. And I can copy that worksheet with that QR code sticker on it a hundred times. And everyone who scans it with their phone can listen to the voice. So, yeah, I love Quicker. And it's a very it's a it's a free tool, but it's also it's cheap for the license as well. If you want to get it for your organization. Yeah, I mean, we've. I've used it, I can't say we, I've used it for, you know, um, for sending a message to, to somebody as a, as a happy birthday yeah. using all the different tools and features, actually. It's really, really handy um, to, to send something quick. And I think I first saw it um, by Sarah Simmons who was doing a talk with the AOC and she was talking about how, how to use it in an ESOL lesson as yeah. well. And, you know, saying, can you find five... Um, five things around the house that start with the a certain sound and then they all record themselves with all five things and I thought that that was really brilliant because it's that um speaking and listening exercise that we we don't necessarily explicitly practice all of the time you know functional skills it's, it's a core element yeah. for some of GCSE if you've not done it before it's something we focus on but in ESOL it's a it's that that practice is required yeah. isn't it that constant drilling of of words yeah. and sounds yeah, yeah. Um, it's needed in order for, for fluency and accuracy. And if you can if you can provide that for homework, because often homework is really the reading and the writing, but if you can provide speaking and listening for homework, and like you said, Quicker has a conversation element, so if you, you can click mm. send conversation so they can reply to you um, and answer questions and all hear each other's conversation as well if you send, send the same link. See, I, lo I love that sort of thing. So would um, what would you say has been... Um, maybe your secret to keeping learners engaged other than all the fabulous digital tools that you've been using and the fabulous work that you do what's your secret to keeping learners engaged online um, I think I bludgeon them with enthusiasm <laughs> I just think I just love 
my subject I think English when people say I don't like English we're always trying to break down what do you mean what is English English mm. isn't a lesson English is being able to read and understand if you're being manipulated or if you're supposed to mm. laugh at this or being entertained English is about um, expressing yourself in so many ways um, for transactions but also just to literally express yourself English is about the vocabulary that you use to be precise to get just quite your right meaning across so um yeah just I, I i just i want to show students how exciting it can be to be able to do those things how it can change your life to be able to express yourself well and to understand other people well and i love to i remember reading something once i'm, I'm very keen on like good questions um a teacher i wish i could remember who he was but saying that he likes um his students often said to him sir we often think that when you answer ask us a question you don't really know the answer and I like that feeling that when I ask my students a question I am intrigued and interested and excited it's not yet correct mm. you've got that right I, I and I, I do it sincerely and I am excited about the fact that they've come up with an answer it might need a bit more drawing out and might need some why do you think that what makes you think that but um yeah just enthusiasm and interest in them and expectations that they'll be interested as well yeah high setting those expectations high is really key isn't it mm. um i love i love what you're saying there about what what we're getting out of english and you know it's a it is a lot of interpreting language and mm. um especially the the younger learners they, they don't really see why that is important but actually they it's trying to make that link that they do that all the time yeah. you know they interpret language in a text message are they trying to say yes. that um, um in a joking way or a hateful way and we know the barriers of the screen add to that so yeah. it's like the barriers of the book as well or the barriers of the text did they mean that in a in a manipulative way did they mean that in a humorous way are they referring to somebody further on in the book earlier in the book you know and they it's about making those connections to you're already doing this actually yeah. But it's about applying what you do in everyday life when you're talking to people, when you're when you're thinking about the words that are coming out yeah. of their mouth and being able to process that. English is, is a huge process, isn't it? The writing is a process. Reading is a process. Mm. And it, it can be a really personal processing experience reading a book yeah. whilst you're processing your life through it as well. Yes, definitely. And the, the process is very different for everybody. So, um, mm. uh, yeah, especially the writing process. I always talk about, you know, having uh, we shouldn't we should never judge each other on our language. But we know that when we send an email, we are being judged on how yeah. well we write, how much authority we have. How, you know, do we sound like we know what we're talking about? So if we want people to res to respect what we're writing, there is an expectation that, you know, if we want to get a job or if we want someone to respond to a complaint, then, you know, we need to know how to express ourselves well. I'm not so keen on the, the mm. language analysis, to be honest. I, you know, you can end up with spotting features. I don't see that as a really useful tool. But understanding somebody's viewpoint and mm. um, the way they write to in, you know, engage us, for me, is interesting. So I, I try to pass that on to students. Yeah, definitely. And the whole, the, the idea of structure, you know, teaching this only mm. last week, the, the importance of structure um you know it, it's about the way you would do things going through your normal day you know trying to teach it would you put your socks on first before you brush your teeth it, it 
you know that's how the authors had to think about it in that yeah. particular way do they use the cliffhanger at the start rather yeah. than at the end and why have they done that you know why would you and then you know having those those little arguments why would you put your socks on first before you brush your teeth what's the explanation okay so why do you think that's been put there and that's been put there I think that's um you know the, the beauty of being able to make connections 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 is everything and the connections for me is is learning some yeah. one of my students asked me the other way he said so what is intelligence then you know he was t- not trying to catch me up he said you know you should know this and I said oh don't ask me that I don't know the answer there what is intelligence but for me it's making connections it's remit there's memory involved where there's making connections between what I'm doing now and what I learned before and what I learn outside the classroom and what I will do in the future and not just forgetting so it is about remembering but it's making connections absolutely so with with that in mind we're coming to the end but our famous podcast question is what is your most memorable lesson Karen it could be a positive it could be a negative it could be a mixture okay okay um it probably wasn't an english lesson it was one of my wonderful uh, supported learning lessons a few years ago when i used to teach car valeting why they chose me to wow. teach i know nothing about cars so it was a <laughs> steep learning curve for me um but it was sort of employment based so we did do a lot of reading and writing in it yeah. but i had two brothers in my class who loved a bit of a scrap in class and had to sit separately and every time so one of them i'll call i'll call, call them charlie and michael so Charlie would have his head in the boot of a car hoovering out and Michael would come up to me and I know what he would say. And he would say, it would be really bad, wouldn't it, if I just pushed that boot down on Charlie's head, wouldn't it? And I'd have to say, yeah, Michael, <laughs> don't do it. And the next week with the with the jet wash in his hand, Karen, yeah, it would be really awful if I just squirted this all over Charlie, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, Michael. So every week was a, was a new adventure on what Michael wasn't going to do, but he desperately <laughs> wanted to do to Charlie. So, yeah, they, they, were, they were real fun lessons and very much outside, outdoorsy lessons. Um, but, yeah, they were great. Very much, I think, what's, what some people feel like when they're in um, certain meetings or <laughs> in certain <laughs> situations. It'd be really bad if this just happened right now while we're talking about this. Yeah, I've never thought about that. Yeah, I will be now. <laughs> Well, Karen, it's been lovely. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, um, towards the end. Do you want to share your Twitter handle so um, people can follow your work on Twitter? Yeah, okay, thank you. It's um, at Karen underscore Gowlett, G-O-W-L-E-T-T. Fabulous. Thank you very much for joining us today, Karen, and have Cheers. a lovely week. You too. Thanks, Holly. Bye. Bye.